welcome back to the rollout. I'm Jeff Pratt, and joining me as always is Trent Henrich. How's it going, Trent? It's going well. Really excited for the series we're about to start. Absolutely. Today, we are going to be doing something different. Actually, over the course of the next three episodes, we're calling it the Top 100 Draft Ranking Special. Trent and I have each assembled a list of our Top 100 PPR rankings for the 2020-21 fantasy season. And we're going to break them down for you guys over the next three episodes. Today, we're going to tackle numbers 100 through 60 on our respective lists. Trent, do you want to go ahead and kick us off with your first few guys? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so at 100, this guy, I could not leave off this list. I mean, I think he has to be on any list possible. It's Tom Brady, kind of at 100. 99, Jared Cook. 98, Mike Williams. 97, Jalen Rieger. 96, Aaron Rodgers. And 95, Jerry Judy. Okay, that's interesting. I really thought you were going to say Andy Dalton. Uh, for 100, so I'm happy you didn't because I know you were joking about that. Um, for me, I have uh, Jerry Cook at 100, so one off from you, I believe. Baker Mayfield at 99. Matthew Stafford at 98. Christian Kirk at 97. Emmanuel Sanders at 96, and Mike Williams at 95. So we actually have pretty similar uh, first five. Yeah, I really like how you put in Matt Stafford. I would have loved to put him in over Tom Brady. Um, I think Tom Brady has better targets this season, but I think Matthew Stafford uh, at this point in his career has a lot more firepower left in him. I really like how you ha- – I, I don't have him on my top 100, but I wish I did. Uh, I, like, I like how you threw him in there. Yeah, and spoiler alert, I do have Tom Brady. He's just a little higher on this list. And I felt like I needed to include Stafford just because his pre-injury numbers last year were so good. And he has a really talented core around him, obviously with Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, DeAndre Swift, and a potentially healthy carry-on Johnson. That's no slump of a group. So he definitely has the weapons to put together a good season. Yeah, and he also has TJ Hawkinson, who uh, he had a really solid start last season. And then really, he faded away. I don't know what he can bring to the table, uh, but it's another target for uh, Matthew Stafford to work with. For sure. Definitely another big red zone target. A question I do have for you is about Jerry Judy, because I almost included him in my top 100, but I just couldn't justify it because we don't know what type of volume Drew Locke is going to be throwing with this Broncos offense. Uh, they have two very capable running backs, and obviously Judy's upside is kind of capped considering he's the number two receiver on this team potentially he might not even be the number two guy but uh what was your reasoning for including him for me it's this was more of a talent pick i think jerry judy in in the nfl is gonna really succeed i think he's like a mini i don't want to say julio jones but he has that um you know caliber of firepower he's that talented of a player Uh, so i really like jerry judy and i think that drew lock is going to throw the ball around quite a bit. And I think that, at least in the running back situation, Phillips Lindsay will fade away, and those targets will have to go somewhere. Um, you know, Mar- uh, Melvin Gordon is a good running back, but he's not really a receiving back. So I think some, some throws may head Judy's, Judy's way. And I think if Jerry Judy does get um, a, a good number of targets, that he can put a really strong output uh, even if those numbers are limited. So that's why I put Jerry Judy on my list. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he definitely could be a top 100 PPR player this year. He's got the talent. And I think that the Julio Jones comparisons, obviously 
they raised some eyebrows because Jones is what, like four or five inches taller than Judy. People don't realize that Judy is actually only six one. So he's not that tall, but I completely understand what you were going for in their play styles. Cause they do have that same dynamic route running ability with the hands. Too. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you have for your next chunk, Jeff? Okay. So after I had Mike, I left off with Mike Williams at 95. So I'll move on to my next five. I have carry on Johnson at 94, Aaron Rodgers at 93, Keyshawn Vaughn at 92, Evan Engram at 91, and the man himself, Tom Brady, at 90. What about you, Trent? Yeah, at 94, I have Emmanuel Sanders. 93, I have Deontay Johnson. 92, I have Sony Michelle. 91, I have Hayden Hurst. And 90, I have Marvin Jones. Okay. I like it, you know? I actually, believe it or not, I don't think I have Hayden Hurst in my rankings. Uh, does he show up a little later? I'm not sure, honestly. I have to go up a little bit, but we'll get to that. Um, but you have Sony Michelle surprisingly mm. low on this list, considering where he's being taken. And what's your reasoning for that? I think that Damian Harris is actually going to come out and be a stronger player than people think. Um, I think Sony Michelle has been given a lot of opportunities in this offense. And, you know, with Cam Newton, he's going to run the ball more. And they may decide to switch things up. Uh, I don't know. I think Sonny Michelle is the starter to start the season if healthy, but I don't know if he holds his job for as long as people think. Um, but I think he's definitely still a draftable guy. I think that uh, he's, he's, he has to be rostered in all leagues. Uh, but my question mark is, you know, can Damian Harris come in and actually take control of that, uh, you know, bulk, bulk running back load uh, from Sonny Michelle? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because – I have seen Damian Harris as a popular choice uh, for a lot of Patriots fans as a guy who could maybe compete for that workhorse role and take it from Sony Michelle if Michelle starts to struggle this year. And my reasoning for why I'm a little hesitant on that is because if you look at last year when Sony Michelle was struggling behind that really poor offensive line, Damian Harris just didn't even suit up most of the time, which makes me think that Bill Belichick doesn't have a ton of confidence mm. in him. And I know historically Belichick hasn't loved rookie running backs, but the fact is that he loves Sony Michelle his rookie year and he doesn't tend to stick with guys if he doesn't think they can work. So I do think Sony Michelle, this is his job to lose and he very well could lose it. And he also, like you said, Trent might not be uh, with the Patriots uh, suiting up actively to start the season. He could be a PUP candidate. And in that case, Damian Harris definitely has the opportunity to make a, a push for that job. But until we get more of an update on Sony Michelle's health, I'm just not confident enough to drop him that far in my rankings. But yeah. I get it. Speaking of health, I was surprised to hear that you have Carry On Johnson on your list. I wanted to hear your reasoning behind that one. Yeah, I do. It's just because Carry On Johnson, he's a really talented back. We know that. He hasn't been healthy for most of his first two years in the league with the Lions. I think, what, he played like one or two games his rookie year, and he was held to four or five last season. So that's definitely a concern. But when he's been on the field, he's looked good. Uh, I am high on DeAndre Swift. I do think this is his job uh, to lose. I think it'll be the starter by the end of the season. But with the preseason canceled because of the ongoing pandemic, that gives rookie running backs a much harder time. Not just rookie running backs, rookies in general, a much harder time to establish roles for themselves. Whereas veterans, they definitely have more of a chance to be that starter or at least the guy who's going to get more touches entering week one. So I think there's a good chance Carry on Johnson, if he's healthy, could 
handle more of a 50-50 split with DeAndre Swift for at least half of the year. And if he does that, I think he could put up top 100 numbers. Yeah, it's interesting because I don't know if you knew this, but the Lions actually, I mean, you know they drafted DeAndre Swift pretty high in the draft. They actually chose him over the likes of Jonathan Taylor, who goes very high in a lot of drafts. So my thought process is that the Lions see more in DeAndre Swift um, that then that comes to the you know the eye or at least to the public. So I think that DeAndre Swift may um, get worked in a lot quicker than I personally think. Maybe you do as well, and you know that that may affect Kerryon Johnson's draft stock. But there's no questioning that Kerryon Johnson showed flashes of some real talent. He just can't stay on the field. You know if he's able to, definitely worthy of being on your list. Did you say DeAndre Swift was taken over uh, Jonathan Taylor? I'm pretty sure DeAndre Swift was the consensus uh, number one running back in a lot of people's uh, draft boards going into the NFL draft. Was yeah, he, he was, but I'm saying that now, even though DeAndre Swift was taken over Jonathan Taylor on um, you know draft day, I'm saying now Jonathan Taylor is being talked about being a better running back than DeAndre Swift. And even though Jonathan Taylor has to compete with Mar- Marlon Mack, he's still getting drafted higher than DeAndre Swift. That's the comparison I'm making. Uh, Okay, yeah, no, I do get your point. And I do think that Marlon Mack is a better fantasy running back than uh, On Johnson. So I do get your point. Yeah, I I just thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, no, it is interesting, actually. So who do you have for your next five, Jeffrey? Okay, Uh, Jeffrey, Mm. ooh, very fancy. Um, So I have Marvin Jones at 89, Will Fuller at 88, Philip Lindsay at 87, Debo Samuel at 86, and Matt Ryan at 85. What about you, Trent? Yeah. <laughs> at 89, <laughs> I have Marlon Mack. At 88, I have Josh Allen. At 87, I have Treat Cohen. At 86, I have Matt Ryan. And at 85, I have Hunter Henry. I'm just going to stop you right there. Did I just hear Josh Allen's name come up in the late 80s? Yeah. Let me just scroll up to see where I have Josh Allen in my list. Um, yep. Yep. Okay. We'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs> I mean, to, to be fair, I think that his average draft position right now is around 100. I guess so. But, I mean, he his offensive arsenal, you know Josh Allen. I know, I know Josh for, Allen. For, yeah. For, yeah, yeah. But – I just and I I do know his ADP is around there, but I just can't justify that. I feel comfortable taking Josh Allen in the seventh or eighth round because his offensive arsenal was uh, upgraded with the addition of Stephon Diggs and Zach Moss, and uh, he gets another year under his belt, hopefully to increase his accuracy, which is really his only problem. And the man is just a monster from a fantasy perspective. So, ah, uh, man, I don't know if I can justify putting him that low. My reasoning behind that is I understand. Josh Allen can run the ball, but as a quarterback, he's not putting up that big of numbers. I mean, in 2019, he barely hit 3,000 yards and 20 touchdowns with nine picks, and his QBR was an 85, and his rookie season, he threw for 2,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. He had more, he actually had 12 picks. He had more interceptions than touchdowns the rookie year. So, yes, he made a jump from 2018 and 2019 and made those strides, but it's still, as a throwing quarterback, very far behind. Like, those numbers 
like alone without being able to run are like QB fifteen numbers. I would agree, but then you look at you add in his rushing numbers, and the dude has rushed for over six hundred yards in both of his uh, two seasons and over eight touchdowns. So that is definitely a big thing you take into when you're factoring uh, Josh Allen into the equation and why he's such a good fantasy quarterback. I'll agree with you that throwing the ball, he's been pretty mm. bad, mediocre at best, I would say. But when you factor in those rushing stats, that's what makes him elite. But I guess my question is, or two, two factors, is if he's not a very good throwing quarterback, then adding a very good wide receiver isn't going to help that much in improving those numbers because his completion percentage is only like, I think 54%. Well, here's the thing. You know, a funny thing that I actually saw that uh, helped Josh Allen's case out a little bit is that his receivers had the highest drop rate in the league and that Josh Allen was actually hitting them in the hands pretty effectively last year. And that led to his completion percentage dropping very effectively. He's not working with a lot of talent in Buffalo. If you haven't noticed, John Brown had a stellar year last year and he is by no means as good a wide receiver as Josh Allen made him look last season. So that's just something to consider that he did have the leading drop rate among receivers in the league last year. If I, if I'm remembering correctly, which if I'm not, I apologize, but I believe the I Bills saw also at, took one of their, you know, high draft picks and drafted another running back. So I'd assume that we're going to see a few more carries on the ground this season which takes away from balls you usually throw. But not really, though, because he's just replacing Frank Gore's production. Somewhat. I mean, Frank Gore is old, so he, I mean, he, got, he did get a good amount of touches, but I think Zach Moss can do more with the ball just because he's a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, I can see your argument on, on why Josh Allen should be higher. I just have him this low because he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have the quarterback stats for me yes he can run the ball but he's not Lamar Jackson either running the ball I guess so but he's almost Lamar Jackson to a certain extent he just he just runs it in a different way and Frank Gore did get 166 carries which is way more than I thought he did but yeah I I don't think I just personally don't think Zach Moss gets over 150 carries this year but we'll see we'll we'll have to wait and see on that one yeah absolutely all right Trenny do you want to take us uh with your next spot Uh, so at 84 I have J.K. Dobbins at 83. I have Rob Gronkowski at 82. I have Will Fuller at 81. I have Tyler Boyd. And at 80, I have Tevin Coleman. What about you, Jeff? Okay. I like it. You know, you have a couple of guys that I don't even have in my list, to be honest with you. At 84, I have Tyler Higby. At 83, I have Damian Williams. 82, I have Marquise Brown. 81, I have Raheem Mostert. And 80... Michael Gallup. You actually have a couple of guys I don't have either on, on, on your section there. Yeah, uh, Damian Williams. No, maybe? I think I don't have – who would you say last on, on that list? Michael I don't think Gallup. I have Michael Gallup, and I don't think I have Tyler Higby either. Wow. Wow, that's really surprising, honestly. What, why, uh, why not either of those guys? For me, I, I think Higby before, um, you know, wasn't putting up these big numbers, and all of a sudden – Cooper Cup loses his touches and Higby starts producing. I think Cooper is going to get those targets back and Higby's numbers aren't going to be as strong as he had last year. And Michael Gallup, I think that, um, well, I'm not a huge fan of Dak Prescott, as you, as you know. I don't think he's a very good throwing quarterback. And I think that Michael Gallup really has to compete um, with, with, I mean, Zeke's going to get a ton of touches. The main receiver there is Amari Cooper. 
They ha- still have CeeDee Lamb, and they had some other wideouts too who are good other than Michael Gallup. I just think it's a very crowded offense. I'm just not a big fan. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the Cowboys like you are. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's fair. But to, we've had this conversation so many times. Dak Prescott threw for almost 5,000 yards last year. And Michael Gallup, he had over 1,000 yards. He had over 1,100 yards on only 66 catches. So even if he sees a decrease in targets and volume, maybe catches around 55 to 60 balls, which I do think is reasonable because CeeDee Lamb, as you mentioned, could definitely step up and surprise people and uh, establish himself as the number two wide receiver in this offense. I still think that puts Gallup around 900 to 1,000 yards. I just think this offense is going to be so dynamic, and I definitely uh, – I actually consider putting him higher. I mean, in, in a comparison, I would – if I was drafting – I would choose a guy like Will Fuller or Tyler Boyd over Michael Gallup, and those are the guys I have in replacement of Michael Gallup in this um, section of, of five players between 84 and 80. I'd- yeah, that's fair. Um, I wouldn't choose Will Fuller just because of his injury history, but I do have Tyler Boyd legitimately one rank higher, which we'll get into next, but I understand that. Um, one thing I do want to touch on before is your decision to include Rob Gronkowski in this list. And one thing I just want to bring out is I think that the Madden uh, 21 ratings came out. And what was it, Trent? Gronk was a 95, and he hasn't played in two I think, years. I think he was the third-ranked uh, tight end behind Kelsey and um, Kittle. Yeah, I think I remember uh, Zach Ertz being very upset on Twitter about I it. I mean, we really don't know what we're going to get out of Gronk. I mean, we know Brady and Gronk already have a connection, which puts them a leg up in Gronk getting maybe a, a bigger share of targets than we believe. But he could be really brittle like he used to be. He may not be in the shape he once was. There is question marks there. But the upside with what we've seen from the Brady-Gronk connection in the past made me you know, really want to put Gronk on my list. I, I could see him going lower. Um, I just like the upside of Gronk this season. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the reason I didn't include Gronk is the same reason you didn't include Michael Gallup, and it's just that he's in a much crowded off, much more crowded offense. And I do think that Gronk, his upside is more limited than Michael Gallup's because I think Michael Gallup could be the number two receiver on this team, whereas Gronk, I think at his height, is going to be the third target on this team. I don't see him getting more targets than either Mike Evans or Chris Goblin. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Gronk's not going to be that great in PPR, but I think he could get a lot of touchdowns. Oh, for sure. I mean, Grady, lo- Brady, Grady, Jesus, Brady loves looking Gronk's way. In Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So why don't we get on uh, to your next five? Yeah. Then? So for my next five, at seventy nine, I have Marquise Brown. At seventy eight, I have Darius Geis. At seventy seven, I have Drew Brees. At seventy six, I have Damian Williams. And at seventy five, I have yours truly, Dak Prescott. Okay. You know what? I honestly was expecting Dak to not even be in your top 100 <laughs> because uh, you were messing around with Andy Dalton. Uh, that's way too low for Dak Prescott, but we'll get to that later. I don't even think I'm talking about Dak tonight. Yeah, I'm not looking at my rankings. Um, but I have a couple guys that uh, were around that area. So at 79, like I said, I had Tyler Boyd. At 78, I have Ronald Jones. 77, I have Hunter Henry. 76, Drew Brees. And 75, Sony Michelle. Okay, I, I, I can respect that. I like that. 
Yeah. So um, we don't even need to get into Dak at this point. But um, oh, I, man, yeah. What do you think about me putting Sony show? Yeah, so, I, I'm intrigued by that because uh, I, I think the, I could be wrong. These are PPR rankings, if I'm not wrong, right, Jeff? These are PPR. I think rankings, that's yeah. pretty high for Sony in a, in a PPR format. He definitely has more value and standard. Um, he has to compete with the likes of James White. Um, Cam Newton, if he starts, is more of a running quarterback, which takes away touches from Sony Michelle. And we don't know his health, like we mentioned. So I think this is pretty high for Sony. Um, could he finish this high? Absolutely. But I think it's more than likely that he won't reach that potential. See, I would argue that it's more than likely that he will, just because he's going to see if he's healthy. That health is obviously the biggest case, but I mean, he's probably going to see around 260 carries this year. I think he's going to push for a thousand yards for the first time in his career, hopefully double digit touchdowns. And you're right, Trent, he does not get that involved in the passing game. I don't see him ever getting involved in the passing game, really, as long as James White is there at least, and Rex Burkhead, who's a better pass catcher than Sony Michelle. But I just see him having a good year. 75 seemed right for me. I think 200, two, I think he said 260 carries. I think that is an extremely lofty goal for Sony Michelle this season. He had 247 last year. He can get I, it done. I don't see. It's just, it's 13 more carries and he didn't even play a couple I, games. I just don't see it happening. I'm sorry. I, and this, and this, Why? Because they're, they're not, they're not going to hand the ball off as much this year. I, I really don't think so. I think they will. I think they'll, if uh, not even, they'll run a couple more RPO sets, and that will only help Sony Michelle. I think we definitely don't see eye eye on that one, but that's all right. Uh, I think. I mean, to be fair, I think we're just guessing with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick and the Patriots' offense what that's going to look like, assuming Cam Newton's the quarterback. We, in reality, we have no idea. True. To be honest with you, I just, I think I've been more disappointed than Sony than over impressed in these past couple of years. So maybe that's why I'm a bit lower on Sony. Yeah, I mean, I, I am high on Sony just because I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because I know how horrible of an offensive line he was working with last year. But I will give you this. He didn't look good. He looked overweight. And, you know, Belichick uh, wanted him to put on some weight. But when he was at Georgia and he was like 20 pounds lighter when he was so explosive, that's the Sony Michelle I want to see. So hopefully he can drop a little bit of that weight, gain that elusive, elusiveness back. Hopefully the foot surgery helped alleviate the issues there. Uh, obviously, I'm being very optimistic here. He could end up having another poor season, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, we're you're right. We, we will see about Sony Michelle. I'm excited to see the the Pats play in general and, and the NFL to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ian Rappaport announced today that the NFL and the NFLPA uh, got a deal done. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now the important part is seeing which players are going to. Uh, going to opt out and which players are going to play maybe through some it. guys off these top 100 lists who knows absolutely maybe it's sony michelle could be <laughs> yeah we'll see all right well let, let's move on We've enough talk about sony michelle uh trent hit us with your next yes yeah, so for my next five i have jordan howard at 74 your guy kareem hunt at 73 raheem moster at 72 cam Akers at 71 and Jarvis Landry slotting in at 70. Okay. I like it. I like it. I have Darius Geis at 74, Brandon Cooks at 73, Julian Edelman at 72, Jordan Howard at 71, and Darren Waller at 70. 
I'm interested to to hear what you what you think about Darius guys. We actually both have him decently high on these top 100 lists. Yet we've seen little to nothing from Darius guys in the two seasons he's played in the NFL. Yeah, here's the thing. I mean, Darius guys in the very limited playing time we've seen from him, he's flashed some serious potential. I mean, the talent is clearly there, but he's also torn his ACL and MCL. That is something you can just cannot ignore. But then heading in for the Washington football team, which is something we haven't even touched upon yet. Yes, they're the Washington football team now. Uh, he's really their go-to back and arguably their second best offensive weapon behind Terry McLaurin. So if he's healthy, he could have a monster year. And that's why I put him this high. But obviously, who knows if he can stay healthy. Yeah, that's definitely the big, big, big question mark. And um, guys like Antonio Gibson's drafts have really risen. Um, maybe he's there's some talk in, in camp or there's some talk just just around the Washington football team that Antonio Gibson <laughs> may be seeing more touches than we believe. I mean, I think he's gone from like a pre-draft around 200 all the way up to 118 right now. Um, yeah, Darius guys, I, mean, like, I, I have just a couple spots away from you um, because I think he does have that potential. We, we've seen how good he was, um, you know, in college. And I, we know he can put it pretty big numbers and break off for some big plays he has to stay healthy yeah you know something that uh i feel like not a lot enough people are talking about is the fact that adrian peterson is still on this washington football team and like when you look at ap stats you don't think of him as a guy who sees a lot of volume anymore but he's seen over 210 carries in both of the last two seasons that's a pretty significant workload for a guy who's 35 and if he continues to see a workload like that Definitely could limit the upside of Darius Geis or Antonio Gibson if that is the guy to emerge as the number two in this backfield. I mean, I think we definitely can put those carries uh, with AP because of Geis' injury. Yeah, yeah I think if Geis is healthy, um, AP really would, would have probably faded out by now. Um, but yeah, I like Geis. Don't think AP is going to do much. I, I, you're right. I almost forgot AP is still there. I mean, I'm surprised he's not retiring. Yeah, I mean, he's actually working on a pretty efficient yards per carry. He averaged 4.2 yards per carry last hmm, year. Interesting. Yeah, he's, he's doing better, better than Sony Michelle was last True. year. So who do you have for your next five, Jeff? Okay, so I have my guy, Josh Allen at 69, A.J. Green at 68, James White at 67, Deshaun Watson at 66, and Zach Ertz at 65. We have a couple similar. Um, at 69, I have Deshaun Watson. At 68, I have okay. James White. At 67, I have DeAndre Swift. At 66, I have Evan Ingram. And at 65, I have Julian Edelman. Okay, I like it. You know, I like you putting Edelman that high. I just couldn't justify him uh, putting him over the likes of A.J. Green because A.J. Green has much more upside, in my opinion. But we definitely do have some similar guys yeah, in there. Yeah, and, and, you know, for me and, and Edelman – he is the most trusted target. Even without even playing with Newton yet, Newton knows what Edelman brings to the table. A lot of the other wide receivers, we don't know you know, what they can even do in the NFL. We haven't seen much from Nikhil Harris. We haven't seen a lot from the young guys, but we know Edelman has secure hands, and he'll be probably a, a favorite target of Cam Newton if he starts, and if it's Stidham, probably the same deal for Stidham. I mean, Edelman has been a patriot for life. He, he, he's we're going to be probably the heart and soul of this, of this offense. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting seeing Edelman play this year. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think the only guy who can compete with Julian Edelman for the title of the number one target in this Patriots team, if Cam Newton especially is the quarterback, is not a receiver. It's James White. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, James White will see a lot of PPR or a lot of touches, which is good for PPR, and that's why I have him so high, and, and so do you, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Trent, do you want to get into the final five? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so at 64, I have Darren Waller. At 63, I have Devontae Parker. At 62, I have Ronald Jones the third. At 61, I have Brandon Cooks. And at 60, I have Kyler Murray. Okay. At 64, I have Kyler Murray. At 63, I have Russell Wilson. At 62, I have Jonathan Taylor. At 61, I have T.Y. Hilton. And at 60, I have Terry McLaurin. I have I, I find it very interesting that you have your pick for MVP as the 64th ranked player and probably, I'm going to guess, around QB 4 or 5. He's, is he 5? Yeah, he's 5 for me. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't draft him over Russell Wilson. I think MVP is also different than fantasy MVP. Well, he, he's got to put up some pretty big numbers. I think, I, think, I think he will, but if we're talking about guys I would draft, I would draft uh, Mahomes, Jackson, Dak, and Russell Wilson over Kyler Murray this year. I, don't, I just I don't know how a guy who finishes it as with QB4 stats unless he really leads his team to like a deep, deep playoff run could be the MVP, but also be QB4. Well, here's the thing. I'm not, this, this isn't like a prediction for how I think they're going to finish. Exactly. This is how I will draft them heading into this year. And I feel like Kyler Murray, his potential is through the roof. His potential is QB1. When we're talking about a fantasy draft, I want a guy like Russell Wilson who has a safer floor. I just find it interesting that, I mean, if, if you're confident in Kyler Murray, why, why not draft him higher? I mean, I understand he doesn't have as safe as a floor, but in your, like, this is your list in your opinion. And if you think Kyler Murray should, is going to win MVP, I just feel like he'd be higher in your list and you'd be able to reach for him a lot further. No, no. Just because I also just don't like taking quarterbacks that early. You know that. I almost never take a quarterback before the sixth round in drafts. That's fair. So I, this is the, yeah, this is how I would draft, and I wouldn't take Kyler Murray before the fifth or sixth round. That's just how it is for me. I understand what you're saying. It's just – I'm thinking about this from a completely different perspective. We're talking about fantasy football, not real yeah, football. I mean, stats still work for both, but I get what you're saying. And I think the best point that you made that actually that clicks with me is that you don't draft quarterbacks high, um, you know, which makes sense. So I guess when, when we get to the next episode, I'd be, I'd be interested to see where you have some of those other quarterbacks and how close they are ranked to Kyler Murray. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just looking ahead of them, yeah, there's a little bit of a jump, but uh, and I think something that uh I can use as an argument for this is Dak Prescott finished as QB two last year, and we can all agree that he was not an MVP candidate by any means. So that just shows you that fantasy football and real football can be completely different things. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean Dak Prescott finishing QB two kind of a fluke. I mean, if you're asking, excuse me, if you're asking excuse me, me, kind of a fluke. The man threw for 30 touchdowns. Yeah, but he can't throw. He's not a good quarterback. What do you mean he can't throw? 
have you seen have you seen the video i'm pretty sure it's it's dak prescott and david carr like three years ago in a target competition and dak i think lost 10 to 1 to david carr his completion percentage is 68 percent. that's he's got some good wide receivers who go up and get anything i guess because he's not that accurate I mean, we know that's not the case, especially not on the road. We know Amari Cooper turns into a ghost, and Michael Gallup was injured for most of the year. Tom Brady threw a completion percentage of 64% and that was, last year. Same as Carson Tom Wentz. Tom Brady did t- awfully last year. The Pats lost in the first round of the playoffs for the first time since I can remember. I, I think we're getting off topic. It, it, it's, it's, it's a good conversation to have. I, 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 I enjoy talking about this right now. Yeah, I agree. So um, actually, one thing I do want to talk about before you uh, before we wrap things up is that you have Ronald Jones significantly higher than I do. I had him at 78 and you had him at 62. where, Trent? Yeah, OK. I like that. Tell me a little bit why you moved him up. So I think much. that Ronald Jones or I know that Ronald Jones has been working um, on his receiving abilities. And we know from Tom Brady playing on the Patriots and having James White that he tends to toss the ball to running backs quite a bit. And I think that if Ronald Jones, I think Ronald Jones is the running back on this team, but if he can gain um, Tom Brady's trust to toss him the ball, I mean, he could be a lot better than 62. I mean, I think Ronald Jones started to show that he is the running back for this team last season, even though they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn. I, I just know in a PPR format, if he gets the catches on top of his workload, he's going to be a very good running back this year. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I'm i not assuming. I know that because he didn't show up. But Keyshawn Vaughn's not in your top 100 ranking, so you're definitely expecting Rojo to really take control of yeah, his backfield. It, earlier, probably a couple, a, a couple months ago after the draft or whatever, I was I was a bit more 50-50 split. Um but I think Ronald Jones did put on uh, six pounds of muscle and he's working on his receiving abilities. I just think he's going to have a different mindset coming into this season. He's going to want to ward off, um, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn trying to take his job. And he's, if, like I said, if he gets Tom Brady's trust to throw him the ball, he's going to be a lot better running back than people believe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. We've heard nothing but good things from Ronald Jones' camp about what he's been doing this offseason. And frankly, we haven't heard anything about Keyshawn Vaughn, which leads me to believe he hasn't been very impressive exactly. thus far. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So that's a wrap on this episode of The Rollout. We hope you guys enjoyed the first installment of this series. And we'll be back Monday with part two, where we're going to break down number 60 through 30 in our top 100 draft rankings special. Stay safe out there, everyone. Thank you.